welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. You know, it's not a, a super common thing to think about a joyful silence. Um, but as we really meditate on what God has done for us in this season, I think that's something that's really possible. I, uh, while we were in silence there, I was just reminded of another uh, time of joyful silence I had, and it was actually last Christmas Eve when I finally finished wrapping all the presents. It was like (laughs) two in the morning, I think, and I was the only one awake, and I was just sitting in our living room with the drink and my tree and all the wrapped presents, and I, I just... I didn't really like want to say anything or listen to Christmas music. I was just really, um, I was just really joyful in God's presence. So I think that's a picture of how God wants our relationship with Him to be—that we can enter into that kind of presence, like a, it's like a peaceful joy. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what joy looks like today. I wanted to start by reading you a verse that you've certainly heard many times. This is just part of a part of a longer verse, part of a longer discourse by Linus on the true meaning of Christmas, but I just thought it was really important for our talk on joy today, and this is from Luke 2, verses 10 and 11. Well, I I can start in verse 8, actually. So there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy. And that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. (laughs) and uh not you know not to be silly about it it's amazing that that gets read on tv even still christmas is uh it's so crazy to me how thinking of how like you know commercialized it's become and it's easy to talk about those kind of things and you know decry that but it's it's pretty amazing that even as it becomes so secularized and divorced from its true meaning about jesus that this continues to hold so much power for people there's a there's an echo in celebrating Christmas of something so powerful that it won't go away, even as we're forgetting what the meaning of it is as a society. And, um, and that's what it is, good news of great joy. Our, our world is, is desperately looking for joy. Everybody's trying to find it. And unfortunately, I think that that's kind of led Christmas to become in some ways like reduced to an attempt to like reverse engineer joy. You get what I mean when I say like reverse engineer? So that's when you like take something that already exists and try to figure out like how it happens so you can reproduce it. This is what our favorite grocery store Aldi does with their imitations of other products, right? Man, I, it's a little convicting. I feel like I tell people... Sometimes I feel like I tell people the good news of Aldi more than the good news of Jesus, but we do, we do love Aldi in our family, but they actually have a lab where they like test their products, and they'll like drip their ketchup down a slide, and it has to drip at the same rate that Heinz does, or it doesn't count, you know, so they're like 
revert, like if it does the right consistency and has the right ingredients, then it's going to be the right ketchup, you know, and on down the line. You know, when I was a kid, their, their uh, imitations were just like cheap imitations. Now they're just as good or better than the, the real stuff, so much so that my wife, a native of the Pittsburgh area, uses Aldi ketchup instead of Heinz. So, <laughs> anyway. My point in all that is that we try to do... <laughs> We try to do the same thing for Christmas, right? What do, okay, so what do joyful people do? Well, they like sing, and they are generous. They give people things. They, you know, have a happy look on their face. And um, so maybe if we do those things, right, at Christmas, maybe we can feel joy. And uh, I just think we, we can't get there backwards. There's no way to do it because... Well, for a variety of reasons, but the, the main one being that joy is the work of the Lord in our hearts. You know, joy, joy isn't just happiness, although it can include happiness. It's not just positivity, you know, or holiday spirit. Um, it's not just the happy songs. Joy, you know, I want to I wanna stop short of giving a definition of it because I think that uh, it's almost, and I, what I want to pray is that today we would experience something of it more than understand what it is in our heads. You know, and that's, that's my prayer. I want to be short. What I have to say today is simple. I want to leave time for us to be in God's presence and experience his joy because um, like the song we sang today said that our, that our joy is found at, at Jesus' feet, in his presence, beholding his beauty. And that's what we want to leave time to do. So rather than, you know, talking about what joy isn't or, you know, how you can be joyful in three easy steps, you know, I want to talk more about, you know, where does, where does joy actually come from? And to do that, I, I just want to talk about three ways that the Bible mentions that joy enters our lives. This is not by any means an exhaustive list, but as I was looking through, there's somewhere around like 200 times the word joy is in the Bible. And um, as I was kind of looking through some of them, I, I started to see some themes. And so I just want to talk about three different themes, like ways that joy comes to us um, a couple that I won't mention, but just briefly is cool in the Advent season um, that one of them in, in Proverbs 10.28, it says that the hope of the righteous gives them joy. So we talked about hope. And also in Proverbs 12.20, it says that those who plan peace have joy. So we got hope and peace leading to joy right there in the candles. I just thought that was cool. But... Um, I think that those things, even hope and peace, kind of flow out of some of, the, some of these bigger themes of joy that I was finding in, in the Bible this week. So there's going to be three of them. If you like taking notes, you can just go ahead and make a little three little spaces for them. I know that makes some people really happy. I didn't have them ready in time for there to be an outline in the bulletin, but there's going to be three, so because... Good sermons come in threes, right? All right. So the first one, uh, the first way that we can 
receive joy or the way that joy comes to our lives is um, through salvation. And like I said, none of this is going to be super complicated or complex today. Um, Throughout the Old Testament, most of the instances of the word joy have to do with the the people of Israel celebrating their literal salvation from their enemies. It wasn't... uh, wasn't figurative or abstract in their mind in any way. God literally saved them and their families from being killed with swords. You know, it was, it was that real for them. And so one of the, one of the terms that is used in the, in the Old Testament references of joy is that the Israelites would rejoice over their enemies. Like they, their joy, you know, was in the, in the defeat of their enemies and them being saved, which is interesting. In Esther, you know, Esther, the story of Esther, she saved the people of Israel by going, risking her life before the king, and um, that was a literal salvation of the people because they were going to be killed, and then the people had great joy, it says. So we have those kind of things where it's easy to, it was easy for them to see that they had been saved and be joyful about it, right? Um, it's a little harder for us to see that sometimes. People aren't coming at us with swords. But just like David prayed, even, even in the Old Testament, David was praying things like, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. The joy of my salvation. Even when it was so apparent, like, before his eyes, God saved David out of these battles that were stacked against him, you know, where he did these amazing feats. And even he had trouble remembering sometimes the joy that he should have in being alive. That, just as a sidebar, that prayer is in Psalm 51, which is a great confession of sin. And Sin is one of the biggest things that will steal our joy, if not the biggest thing. It'll make us feel like we're worthless, even though that's not what God says about us. But it can take away the joy that we have in being saved. If you're struggling with something like that today, God has joy for you again. He wants to restore the joy of your salvation to you. So David prayed that. In Psalm 71, he said, he said, my, my redeemed soul will shout for joy. He knew, David, see, he was a man ahead of his time. He knew that his salvation wasn't just in the military sense, but he knew that his soul had been redeemed. And he prayed these prophecies about things like, you know, the Lord's Holy One not seeing decay. He, he was, God gave him a vision of something beyond the physical, like, current life into the, into the next life. He's like, my soul has been redeemed, and I'll shout for joy. So he, he gave a foreshadowing there that is a, is a pointer for us because that's the kind of salvation that we feel. Although, honestly, our, our physical salvation, you know, from, from death and stuff has been secured too. It just was won a long time ago. It's easy for us to forget about that also. But for us... There's a, a real joy that is meant to come from the fact that we receive our salvation from God. That, like the hymn says, that it is well with our soul. And especially when we're struggling or when we're going through dark times, 
it could be easy not to feel like that's true. But a big part of walking in joy is just remembering what the truth is of that. You know, David, in the midst of his dark trouble, remembered that his soul was redeemed, and that gave him joy. And it's the same place that we need to walk from, that it is well with our soul. And that we don't have to be afraid because of that. That's, that's really what it is. Because I think a lot of people looking for joy are looking to cover up or push aside a nagging fear that they're somehow missing out. And, and many people many people are. People think of people think of sorrow as really the opposite of joy, but I kind of feel the more I read it that that we could think of fear as an opposite of joy. It's uh, it's just one of the hardest places to feel joyful is when you're afraid. So when we get to the good news of great joy coming, right? What is the first thing that the angels say? Fear not. Don't be afraid, because the message is great joy. Now, fear not is the first thing that angels always have to say when they appear to people, right? <laughs> they, prob- they probably get tired of it because people fall down on the ground like they're dead. When they see them, they're scary. Okay, so angels, you look at pretty much every time an angel appears in the whole Bible, the first thing they say is, don't be afraid. Like, it's okay, you're not going to die. And um, so there is that. But I think it's very significant that this good news of great joy begins with fear not. You don't have to be afraid, not just of the presence of the angels, but you don't have to be afraid for your soul, for your future, for your foundation. This good news of great joy that's coming to you is for everyone. Everyone's invited, for all the people, no matter who you are or what you've done or how you've struggled in the past. And it's coming. It's here, in fact. And uh, there's, a, there's a real key to it that if, you, if, you know, if the shepherds who got the message had just stayed on the ground, like, cowering in fear, they could have missed the message of joy, you know? But instead, that God is kind enough to comfort us, to remind us that it is well with our soul, that his heart towards us is love, undeserved, that we can't deserve it any more than those shepherds deserve to have an angelic message delivered to them. They didn't do anything. They were just watching sheep, just regular people. Yeah, you, the, it's, I said during communion last week that you can't earn Christmas, and, but the really good news is that you don't have to earn Christmas. Um, the joy that is coming, the joy of our salvation is freely given, and it's just accepted in faith. That's all it is. It's saying that, that Jesus is the Lord. He is the good news come to earth and allowing that reality to take hold in our lives. So it's, it can be challenging for us to remember, but we want to stay grounded in the joy of actually being saved. We feel safe a lot of times, and we try to feel safe, but the joy in us actually being saved before Jesus is a, huge, is a huge part 
of where we can find this thing more than just in feelings around Christmas, you know? A second one, a theme of, of Bible verses about joy is that joy is found in the Lord's presence. Right? So in Psalm 16, 11, we read, in your presence is the fullness of joy and eternal pleasures at your right hand. Right? So only... You know, we can, we can be happy in lots of different places. We can feel happy. Lots of things bring a smile to our face. But the true joy that the world is looking for is only found in the presence of God. And that's not to say that people that don't know Jesus never experience true joy, right? We want to clear that up because God's presence is everywhere. He fills the earth. You can run, walk right into his presence and never know it. And you'll experience a joy that leaves you wanting more, wanting to come back to that. That's part of the way that Jesus invites us. You know, it's his kindness that brings us to repentance. So those moments that he gives us are a big part of the way that, um, that he invites people to, to be in his presence and to come to know him. But it is only in his presence that true joy is found. And I, I was just struck with the question of this week of, do I believe that? Like, I know that's true in my head because I read the verse, but... Do I believe that in a way that changes the way I act from day to day and week to week? Um, you know, there's a lot of things that make me happy or keep me amused in some way, but like, am I really believing that my best joy is found in the presence of Jesus? And that's a, that's a good question for all of us to consider. Man, there's so, there's so many good verses about this. I'm running out of time. You could check out Isaiah 51. I'm not going to go to that one right now, but that's all about um, joy because um, God is with us. Right here in our passage this week in Luke 2, um, the good news is is not just like this is happening somewhere, but it's to, unto you. Like Evan was reading... Today, you know, unto us, a child is born. And, and uh, it, that's the same thing that the angel said in verse 11, right? Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Not just born. He could have stopped there. A savior has been born to you. This is for you. God is coming to be present with you. And then in Luke 24, later when Jesus rose from the dead, the disciples had just joy that he was there. You know, they weren't even doing anything. There was no like a uh, big mission yet. They were just so happy that Jesus was back with them. And the same thing happened again in Acts when the Holy Spirit came down, Jesus' presence on them. They experienced joy immediately where they had been sitting in a dark room with all the windows closed, you know. Yeah, those sitting in darkness um, have seen a great light. In the, in the Jesus Storybook Bible that the kids use, the, the Pentecost story begins with a picture of all the disciples in the dark. And my son, he calls it, is like, oh, this is the dark one. They're in the dark. <laughs> and it's like, but then they come out into the light. And that's some of what the joy is. But that, that comes from the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in us. You know, in John, oh, there's so many, but in John 15, when Jesus was praying to the Father, he said, you know, and then, and like sharing with the disciples, he said, you know, I've told you these things that 
your joy may, my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Full joy. And what he had just been talking about is them abiding in him. This presence thing. Living life constantly in the light of Jesus' presence. That is where joy is going to come from. And again, it's not something that we can make happen, but there is something about this is how it happens when it happens. It's a work of God. You know, joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians. Romans says, Romans 14, 17, the the kingdom is of, you know, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This thing comes to us from God. We can't actually produce it, no matter how many Hallmark movies we watch. (laughs) That doesn't produce any for me, but I know for some. (laughs) So Jesus' presence is a, that's that's where joy is found, like this song we sang today. The foot of his throne, beholding his beauty. And then, of course, you know, as a last one, there's a ton of verses in the Bible, too, about just responding in joy to all the other blessings of God. You know, he hasn't just saved us for the future to take us to heaven, although that is amazing, and that is a huge part of the hope that we have. But he also just showers out blessings on us, and, and not just on us, on everyone, just because he loves all of the world. You know... Psalm 92, I sing for joy at the works of your hands. Everything that God has done can produce joy. The things that he's made, you know, just look out from a high place over like a forest of trees or, you know, whatever. Like you're going to feel that joy because the works of his hands are good. The things that he's given us in our family and, um, you know, and, Again, not to, you know, I talk about commercialization of Christmas, but giving presents is not bad. There is joy in that. We got a bunch here. Those are all empty, by the way. Don't open (laughs) those boxes. But presents are something to celebrate. It's a reminder of what Jesus gave us, you know. Um, There's, God means for us to rejoice in things. In the verse that Evan read from Isaiah 9, you know, we rejoice as in the harvest, you know, when God brings the harvest. We rejoice when God, like, lays down our enemy at our feet, and that's okay, (laughs) You know, all the way to, you know, the disciples, you know, when God sent out this, when Jesus sent out the 72, they rejoiced in the power that they experienced in the name of Jesus as they shared the message. Paul had his, another, a big chunk of the joy verses in the New Testament are Paul talking about how joyful his, like, spiritual children in the churches he planted made him by their faith in following Jesus. That you... I find joy in you, and all those things are good. These are all blessings from the Lord. And so kind of turning the corner here, we're not, we're not trying to, again, we're not trying to reverse engineer joy, but we do want to know how we can offer this joy to others. Because Christmas is not just about us getting as much joy as we can, right? We want to... And our big focus this Advent has been, how do we take these things that God wants to give to us, this hope, this peace, this joy, and how do we offer this to other people? Um, 
I have a couple suggestions. If, uh, firstly, if joy is found in our salvation, we need to share the gospel, the real good news, the actual thing, the real words. You know, it's great to witness through your life and your lifestyle, but you need to say the real words sometimes. You need to let people know that although the world has been marred by sin, Jesus came to welcome us into right relationship with God, that our sins can be forgiven and we can have eternal life through Jesus. Only as a free gift of grace through nothing that we've earned that we accept just through faith by believing it. That's the whole thing. You can say that in words that mean something to you and it'll mean something to people that hear you. And, you know, if what I just said sounds good to you, you might be here today and you might not experience that joy of your salvation. And I'm going to tell you that it's, it's very easy. You just have to be willing to say and affirm, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead to bring us salvation and eternal life. And so if you say a prayer to Jesus saying those things, you can say it right now in your heart. Like, Jesus, I believe this. I want this joy from salvation. You can have that right now. And if you are praying something like that in your heart, please come find me or someone else that's going to be up here to pray afterwards. We'd love to walk you through next step and just be joyful with you. It's amazing. So we can offer joy to people by telling them the good news. We can also tell, like, the personal good news of our life. Like, I used to be depressed. I didn't even know I was depressed. I just, my life was just, like, flat. I wasn't, like, in the dark lows of anything. I was just like, Meh. I didn't, I had no idea. But Jesus saved me out of that. That's good news from my life. You know, that's really good news. I'm a different guy. And you probably have a story, something like that, too. That can lead into the sharing of the gospel. You know, it's not just like a one-size-fits-all, you know, just preach the gospel at people. You know, listen to Jesus. What would he have you share with people that's going to open the door for his message and invite them into something more? Another way that we can offer, um, offer joy to people is to carry presence. We talk about that a lot, that we carry the kingdom of God with us, inside us, wherever we go. And that's totally true. Whether you are conscious of it or not, you are bringing God's presence to people. Um, you'll find as you walk in that that people are just happier around you. It, it, it's just, it's pretty fun. It's a cool thing that can happen. But to really do that, you have to be willing to be present to people. You got, can you guys hear that? Uh, the presence of Jesus sent to pe most people is you. That's the presence of God that he wants to meet them through. And so for that to happen, you have to be willing to, you know, not just blow by the person in the store or, you know, give your friend like a half-hearted, like, encouragement, but like actually sit and be present with people. Of course, we can't be present to everyone. Of course not. There's only one of us and, you know, billions of other people. But the people that God brings across your path to sit and actually be present, look them in the eye, ask them questions, get past your own self for one minute and be present to them and you'll find yourself bringing joy to people in ways that you didn't know that you could do and you don't have to be a motivational speaker. Another part of that is just walking without being afraid. 
uh, so many people are afraid of so many things. We walk around with all of our anxiety, but the more we live from the place of it is well with my soul and I have something good to you, that peaceful, non-anxious presence will release joy all around you. People will feel safe around you. People will feel freedom and light and life in your presence. It's awesome when that starts to happen. But And now all that starts with you realizing that you don't have anything to be afraid of. Nothing that any person is going to say to you or do to you has anything to do with the state of your soul, which is right before Jesus as you believe in him. So don't be afraid as you carry presence. Um, it's easy for us to talk ourselves out of spreading joy, right? Uh, a little while ago, I felt like God was giving me a word for this cashier at the store. And, but I talked myself out of sharing it with her because I was like, oh, she's going to think I'm hitting on her. I don't want to be weird. And I'm like, that was just an excuse. What does it matter if she thinks that? It's not what's happening. She just needs to know. I could have shared the joy, you know. I don't know. It's easy for us to come up with those reasons not to, but just be present to people and don't be afraid. And finally, you know, as it relates to these, all these blessings that God has given us, just be thankful. Just be thankful. You're probably going to be getting together with some family coming up soon. You might not even like all of them. <laughs> but just leave complaining behind. Just don't, don't even bring it. Just focus on being thankful and that's a way that you can release joy for other people. You know, a big part of why all these celebrations of the blessings that people experience in the Bible is in there is to bring us joy. The joy of salvation that David talked about was also like a whole history of God working through the people of Israel and saving them and giving them blessings in the promised land. And those testimonies will bring joy to people. So don't be afraid to, like, talk about your blessings. Like, if someone's having a hard time, like, oh, I can't talk about how blessed I am because I'll make them feel weird. No, it's okay. Just make sure you give credit where credit is due. And you didn't do anything to deserve or earn the blessings that you have. So you can just be thankful. And just don't, just don't complain. Just try it. People, some people, like, every family I feel like has the, one of those, like, negative Nancys that just complains about everything, and it's easy to join in and be like, oh, yeah, it's ridiculous, and... Just don't. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, man. I... I don't know. I'm just feeling a lot of joy in being with everybody today. That's, that's really all I have to share. This joy is, gonna, is coming from the Lord to us. So what I want to do now is respond. Would you guys stand with me now? And